Coaches, what's up? Well, here we are. We have finally made it. It is game week for us here in Texas. I know some of y'all in other states have already started, but it is the best time of year. And now with college football starting up and the NFL around the corner, all is right in the world. Okay, so we're doing something a little bit different today. Today we're kicking off a series of episodes that we'll be doing periodically throughout the football season that I'm calling Inside Drill after my favorite period of practice. Uh, Anyway, in these Inside Drill episodes, we'll boil things down to the meat of defensive line play. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you some things that I'm doing personally with my guys or some things that I have witnessed or picked up from other coaches doing that I like with the intent of basically giving you coaches some things that you can use while you are in season. So these episodes will be shorter, will not feature any guests, but will be me walking you through a drill or a teaching progression, and sometimes that'll be something that I choose, or maybe we take some questions on Twitter and answer some of those questions in these episodes. Now, let's get this clear. I'm not doing this because I'm out of guests, and we're not going to do away with the format of bringing on coaches and talking to them about what they got going on. In fact, we have some great episodes coming up in the coming weeks, including a guest with an Ivy League education a defensive coordinator D-line coach from a 6A school in the Houston area, and a position coach from the Mountain West Conference. So if you like hearing from other coaches around the nation, don't worry, we're going to continue to do that for sure. So today I'm going to walk you through my coaching progression for our defensive line here at Pleasant Grove, and it's really the same progression that I've used for the last several years now. So I'll go through that and then detail my favorite block destruction drill, And then finally, I'll close out with how we are using the dent technique popularized by Michigan's defensive coordinator, Don Brown, to handle pullers. I'm really excited about this and hope that you can get something out of these episodes that you can use. If you have any questions, please hit me up either by email, uh, which is at kypdpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at kypdpodcast. Okay, so enough of all that. Let's talk some ball, baby. On today's episode of Inside Drill, Volume 1 here on KYPD. Okay, so let's jump right into this thing. We're going to talk about uh, really the coaching progression that I go through with my guys, and it's just really uh, doesn't matter you know, what school I'm at or where we are, what the guy's skill level is. Every year, every summer, every fall camp, uh, every time we get ready to do spring ball, we're going to go through this same progression, and it's really not going to vary much. There may be a few drills here and there, a few things here and there that I'll pick up throughout the year that we tweak, but the overall uh, progression is going to stay pretty uh, pretty close to, to, to what we're going to go through today. And the first thing that we're always going to talk about, now right now, Uh, at Pleasant Grove High School uh, up here in Texarkana. I'm coaching uh, 7th grade, so kids who who have never put on helmets before, uh, fixed a lot of helmets and and a lot of uniforms and stuff this week. So I'm coaching 7th grade. Um, on up to guys who are um, who've been playing the position for a long time, and 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 we're we're, we're fortunate to have a couple of kids uh, that the, that everyone in the country is recruiting, 
And so these are all the same, like everybody's getting the same type of work, the same type of progression, same type of drills. I don't assume that anyone knows knows anything. Uh, we're all going to start with the basics. What I say is, is so that we're all speaking the same language. So whenever I point something out about a stance or a step or their hands or their alignment or anything uh, associated with that, we're all speaking the same language. And I think it's really, really important for there to be that continuity uh, from the middle school level on up to the high school. Now, of course, you know, as you know, at the seventh and eighth grade levels, you really do have to to really boil it down. Uh, time is an issue. Uh, experience uh, is an issue. So you really have to make sure you're really being a great teacher with this, especially on those levels. But I really think that 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 when it comes to your coaching progression, never assume that the guys know it. Okay. Uh, and, and this is something, again, uh, one, even after I'm, I've been at a place for several years, we're still going to go through this same progression. So let's jump right into it. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to build our stances. One of my uh, biggest pet peeves when I'm watching film of a defensive line and I look at their stances, and if, they're sta if there's no uniformity in their stances, to me, that's just a sign of of bad coaching, and I hope that doesn't sound too arrogant or cocky. And and again, you know, you can come back and watch film of my guys, and, and probably point out that there's some times where our stances don't look great. That doesn't mean they're not getting coached. But but I go back to this: is that that I think that there should be some uniformity in your stance. Okay, I think it's really really important that without that a proper stance, you're really uh, your, your defensive linemen are going to struggle to do anything else. It's just like the foundation of a house. Now this doesn't mean that every kid uh, in your position group has to have an identical stance. That's that's impossible because of body types. You have some kids who are taller. You have some kids who are shorter. Some kids are heavier. Things like that. But the overall framework, the foundation of a stance, should be the same. So here's how we're going to build our stance. And I use that language I, that we're building our stance because we're going to go through the same process, the same steps each time we get in a stance. So first what we'll do is we'll get in lines, three or three or four lines, and then uh, give us give ourselves plenty of room and we'll start building our stance and we're going to get in a right-handed stance first. And that's where our right hand will be down, our right foot will be back. And here's how we start. I say, all right, well, everybody get your feet underneath your shoulders. So feet roughly shoulder width apart. Okay, and then we're going to put, since we're going to be in a right-handed stance, we're going to have our right toe splitting our left foot in half. So our right toe even with our left instep. You could go heel-to-toe instep, uh, especially if they're defensive ends uh, and they're a little bit taller guys. But for just for me, again, for uniformity purposes, for right now, I'm going to teach that that right toe should be splitting that left foot in half and that left instep. Okay, so then the next thing that we're going to do, is we're going to squat down with our forearms, excuse me, for our forearms on our quads. Okay, so now we're squatted. We're in a squatted position. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to take our right hand. And I have them raise their right hand up in the air to where the V of that right hand is facing uh, up. Okay, so if I'm holding my hand up in the air, the V, that's the space between your thumb and your pointer finger, is facing up because that's what we want facing forward. We're going to have track hands when we get in a stance. And the reason being, you know, a lot of guys have where their thumb is, is facing inside and their their, their four fingers uh, or other fingers are, are facing forward in the stance. To me, uh, that's kind of like looking at the ball pre-snap because uh, as soon as you do that, as soon as the ball snapped, your hand is going to turn to have your where your thumb is up anyway. So why don't why don't we all go ahead and put it in that position? So anyway, we're going to raise our right hand up in the air with that V of our uh, of our hand 
facing up, and then we're going to drop that hand down underneath our eyebrows. Okay, I always say it's like you dropped your glasses off the top of your head, uh, and and you're going, you're, you're reaching over to pick them up. So that hands underneath our eyebrows to where that arm is at an angle. Okay, roughly a 45 degree angle. All right, and then we want to raise our butt up in the air, raise our butts up above our head, slightly above our head. Okay, and so we're going to have most of our weight is going to be on our down hand. Okay, most of our weight's going to be on our down hand. It's really, really important that we only have our fingertips on the ground, not our whole palm. So fingertips on the ground, V or our hand going forward. If I walk by and pick that hand up off the ground, you ought to fall forward. Then we're going to have our left hand up by our face mask ready to strike. It's never resting on our thigh pad. We don't have it cocked back like we're about to run a 40. Uh, nothing crazy like that. And I really don't even care if those guys kind of have it hanging loose a little bit, but I, bet I definitely want it ready to strike. Uh, but I want it to be comfortable. And another thing, uh, a shout out to a, a guest that I had uh, on this podcast a few months ago, Coach Chris Gistorb from Angleton High School. He said something I really, really liked, uh, and I don't think it even was, was pertaining to stances. But I, I also say, you know, have some personality in your stance. Like, again, there's the framework for the stance. I just gave it to you. That's how I want you to get in a stance. But then within your stance, you can have a little personality. You can have a little um, – uh, your own uniqueness to it, I guess. Uh, and, and what that means is it's it's going to, again, everyone's going to kind of their own little different way of getting to that point that we just talked about. But as long as we arrive at that point roughly where, you know, with those with those parameters, then we're going to be in good shape. Uh, so so th there we go. That's that's We just built a right-handed stance, so I'll walk by and check everybody, and it, it's a constant critique. And one of the things that I always tell kids is I walk by and I see a kid who's in a horrible stance or he's in a bad stance. I don't try to fix him while he's in his stance. I have him stand up, relax, we reset, because I don't want to try to fix it while he's down there. I want to go through and build it from the top and get that, that, that muscle memory down of where they're getting a perfect stance every time. So it's fourth quarter and he's gassed, he's tired. He's going through that same process in his mind. He doesn't have to think about it, and he's getting in that perfect stance. So we'll get in a right-handed stance, and we'll hold it, and then we'll swap it over, and we'll get in a left-handed stance. I'm not going to go through that again. It's the same same process. They're going to have their uh, you know, left, left toe. We'll be splitting their right foot in half. Uh, they'll have their left hand on the ground with the V of their hand going forward, uh, all of that. Okay, so we got our stance down. So we'll get in our stance and we'll talk about that. The next thing is we're going to talk about our step. Now, I used to, we used to say we're going to replace our down hand with our with our step. But the thing that I found was is that, that especially with my defensive ends, is that we're taking way too big of steps. We're really overstepping. Uh, we were stepping inside our base. We're stepping outside of our base. And so I, I, we've gone back to now we're taking a six-inch step. Okay. Uh, take a six-inch step, or you're, you're taking the, a step the length of a dollar bill, whatever it is, but we're going to take a six-inch power step, okay? And that step is going to be the same every time, okay? No matter what kind of block we get, no matter what the situation is, um, well, I shouldn't say that because if it's a passing situation, then we can, I give them freedom. We're going to talk about having a pass rush get off, but most of the time, Okay, we're gonna have that. That six-inch step is gonna be the same every time. Okay, uh, that that's 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 our first step, our six-inch power step, and so we're gonna get back in our stance that we just built, right-handed stance, left-handed stance, and then we're gonna take a six-inch power step. And what what I what we talk about is it really should um, instead of trying to take a step forward because that's always gonna lead to or lead to uh, overstepping, uh, stepping outside of your base, things like that. 
is that really we want to just focus on getting your back knee up. So whatever knee, whatever foot is back, let's say it's our right foot is back. We want to get that right knee up and back in the ground as fast as, as fast as we can. Uh, and if we do that, that's generally going to cause you to take a six inch step or at least something close to it. So that's what we focus on is getting our knee up out of the ground and back in the ground as fast as we can. Uh, we don't want to have a lot of time. We don't want to spend uh, much time on one foot, especially when we're getting ready to engage an offensive lineman. So we're going to take a six-inch power step. At the same time that we're taking that six-inch power step, we are punching with our hands. We're going to have our thumbs up, elbows down. It's really important you have your elbows rubbing your rib cage with your thumbs up. And what we'll do is so we'll get in our stance and, and they're, they're going to take their six-inch step. I'll snap the ball or I'll say hut, and they're going to step and punch and hold. So I have them step and punch, and and they're punched with their with their their arms locked out, thumbs up, elbows down, and they're squatted down with a good hip bend. And at this point, their feet should be pretty close to even. Okay, their front foot might be still a little forward, but their the foot that they just stepped with should not be past the foot that was up. Otherwise, they're stepping way too big. So it's a really easy way for you to walk by and check their stances. Also, have them do everything um, on a line. So if your front foot, so let's, again, let's say we're in a right-handed stance, okay? So I have my left foot, my left toe on the edge of a, a yard line. That means that there's no way that my right foot, my first step, should, should step on that white line. And if you do that, then it's really easy to walk by and see who's overstepping and who's not. But anyway, we're going to take that first step and we're going to punch and we're going to hold it to where we have our thumbs up, our elbows down, and they're in a, they're in a, a hip, uh, their hips are down. They have a big, um, uh, big chest. I don't want their chest facing, you know, facing the, the, the ground. I want their chest up. Okay. Uh, but again, big chest, thumbs up, elbows down with their hands either even to slightly above their helmet. Okay. If their hands are way below their helmet, then they're giving up their chest and we don't want that. All right, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and, and especially with younger kids, their hands are going to be, you know, four feet apart, uh, and all kinds of crazy things. We'll fix that later, but you just want to see them punching with their thumbs up, elbows down. You can walk by and fix all of that, have them reset so they're not sitting there, you know, burning their their uh, their glutes forever, glutes and quads. You know, have them relax and and, and talk about it, re, uh, fix it. Uh, but that's a really uh, easy way to, to, to check their step and their punch because those two things are married together. Another thing I say is when they take a step and they punch, that should be that should make one sound. Meaning uh, when I take a step and then I engage an offensive lineman, it shouldn't be two sounds. It shouldn't be boom, boom. It's all, it's all one sound because that step and that punch, those things are married together. Now, talk about hand placement. And then we'll get to this. We're not even punching anybody at this point. But what we talk about, or what I'll say is, we're going to put our hands on tit and pit, okay, of that offensive lineman. Uh, the, the, um, our gap hand is going to be on that offensive lineman's armpit. There's usually a little like uh, half circle pad uh, underneath the shoulder pads. Uh, most of you guys probably know what I'm talking about. That's underneath there. It's right over their armpit. That's where we want our gap hand, okay? Then we want our inside hand on that chest plate right over the tit. Uh, of that offensive lineman so that our gap hand is slightly above our inside hand. Now, 
is this something we say that am I going through and giving them minuses on their film if it's not exactly tit and pit no but I think if you're very very specific about where you want their hands then they're gonna and if they even try to get close to that then that's much better than saying hey get your hands on your on your lineman or get your hands on your chest give them something really really uh, specific to aim at uh, and then uh, that'll, that'll help them give an idea of where you want their hands and now again a lot of times, if they just got their hands on the chest plate of offensive alignment, we're happy. Uh, okay, so that's hands. So we got our stance. We took our step. We have our hands. Now we're going to work get-offs, okay? And this is on air. Uh, and we do this. We do this every day. Every single day from 7th grade on up to, to 12th grade to varsity guys uh, that we're doing get-offs every day because I think that this is something you can't ever get away from I don't care how busy you are how limited your individual time is you always have to do get offs because that's the key about defensive line is getting off the ball and there's so many things that you can incorporate into a get off drill that's going to help you uh, but for now this is early on in the process early on in the season uh, or maybe it's a pre maybe it's 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 pregame warm-ups um, you know before a game we're just going to do get offs on air you know I'm going to have the ball or another other coach is going to have a ball on a stick and, and try to get those guys to jump off sides, but they're going to build the guys who are uh, to the right of the football. They're going to be in a right-handed stance. The guys who are to the left of the football, they're going to be a left-handed stance. Let me back up. Uh, and, and we're getting into alignment here in a second, but with the, what we do with our stance, our stance is we're going to either have, we're going to have our man hand down or our ball hand. So whatever hand is closest to our man. So if I'm in a, let's say if I'm, I'm shaded in a five, Okay, on the on the defensive right side. So the hand that's closest to my man, the tackle, is my left hand. So I'm gonna have that hand down, that foot back. So but also we're in a we line up in fours as well in our odd front. And so I'm still gonna have my ball hand down. Uh, because uh, as playing that playing a four, we're gonna be two gap players. And so that's just again for uniformity purposes. Really, uh, it's not a huge deal what that what that uh, defensive lineman does out of a four if he has his outside hand down, inside hand down because he's really playing both gaps. But for uniformity purposes, we'll teach them to have their their, their ball hand down. Uh, so anyway, that's how we that's how we determine what hand is down. So go back to our get off drill. So everybody is going to have their ball hand down in this drill. Uh, and so then what we're looking for, okay, a couple things. Uh, and what I tell my guys is is we're only sprinting three yards. Because it's not realistic to have defensive alignment sprint 10 yards upfield. I don't think you want your defensive alignment get, being in the habit of sprinting 10 yards upfield. Three yards is even a lot, really. I mean, if we're, if we're being honest. We have them sprint three yards, and then they jog uh, through the five and stay there. So, anyway, we're getting off the ball, get sprinting three yards, because really what we're trying to represent is them getting to the heel line. Okay, we don't want to build. We don't want to get them in the habit of running upfield, sprinting upfield, because that's the last thing we want. Okay, obviously, if we're talking pass rush, that's different. But uh, anyway, what we're looking for in this drill is, first of all, uh, and, and we always do this where they're there uh, again. We're on a goal. We're on a we're on a yard line so that we can check their first step, and you have something visual to watch if they're overstepping, if they're stepping inside their base. Uh, all those sorts of things. But we're going to look at their step. Are they taking a good six-inch step? Is it too long? Are they popping up out of their stance? We always say torpedoes over sailboats. All right, I don't want any sailboats. 
Let's fire out like we're a bunch of torpedoes, not sailboats, because sailboats give up their chest and they get they get washed out of their gaps, things like that. Nothing good happens with those guys. We want to be torpedoes. So we want to fire out like a bunch of torpedoes. Uh, Six-inch step. Also, as we take that six-inch step, we ought to be punching. Okay? And it's a really quick strike. It's not a we're not running down the field with our arms extended like we're Frankenstein. Okay, so it's a really quick punch, and then their arms are relaxed, and they're just sprinting the rest of the way uh, through their three yards. One of the things, a big deal that you got to watch out for in this drill is that your guys aren't loading their elbows. And what I mean by that is, is when the ball is snapped, they'll their elbows go backwards. Okay, elbows go backwards, and then they come forward. That's a big no-no because they're giving up their chest, and they're gonna they're, the offensive lineman is gonna win that battle of uh, getting his hands inside on on your defensive lineman if he's loading his elbows. So make sure they're not loading their elbows when they're taking their first step. So we look at our step, look at their hands, their punch, and also their pad level. We don't want them popping up, and those are all things that we're looking for and the get off drill. And there's so many variances you can do to, to, to fix this. If your guys are if you're having problems with you know guys doing different things in their stances, there's so many things that you can incorporate to make this drill um, a little more difficult or a little more a, a tailored to what your guys are needing help with. Uh, again, if you want to emphasize getting your knee up out of the ground and back in the ground like we talked about, then put a an agility bag going uh, parallel with with the with a yard line so it's long ways and so they got to get their foot over step over that bag and just on the other side of that bag and and really the width of those bags depending on what size bags you have the ones we have are kind of small uh, so they're not real 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 tall but that's about the the width of them is about the length of the kind of step we want them to take anyway so it really kills two birds with one stone because we want to get our knee up out of the ground and it makes them uh, we, we said we just want to barely clear that bag with their heel. Okay, so that's something you can do. And then you can flip that bag and make it perpendicular with the yard line now and have their, their back foot running right up next to that bag. And that's going to keep them from stepping out. And also, there's usually a label on that bag, whether it be Gilman or, or whatever. And again, what, I, what I'll tell them is, hey, don't let your step go past that Gilman patch. Okay, so it's just about giving them, providing some visual things to help them think about their step. Another thing that you can do is you can have them do get-offs on one foot, meaning their, their back foot, whatever foot is back, they lift that thing up off the ground just a few inches, and it's going to be really awkward for them. They're going to be wobbly and, and falling all over the place for a little while. But what that's going to do is when the ball's snapped, they're going to drop that foot down, Okay. Their foot's already up. They're going to drop it down. And most of the time, they're thinking, all right, I want to drop this thing six inches from my foot was supposed to be. But they're just dropping that foot down. And what that usually does, that puts their foot where it's supposed to be. Okay, so it's just them focusing on a couple things. First of all, driving off that front foot. Okay, pushing off that front foot. But then also it helps them with that step because they usually won't overstep if, if, if you have that foot up in the air. Uh, they don't need to have it up. I told them, don't look like a bunch of dogs taking a pee on a fire hydrant. Okay, just get that get that toe barely up off the ground, uh, and and just just so that we're focusing on taking a perfect first step. Okay, so once we've done we've done our stance, we've done our step, uh, we talked about hands and punching and what we want to do there. We've got, we've done get offs. Now I think it's really important. And by the way, if you haven't caught on, the things that I'm that we're talking about right now all goes back to to ASCA. That's that's an acronym you most of you are probably familiar with. Alignment, stance, keys, assignment. You got to hammer those, you know, if you, if whatever your everyday drills need to fall under that umbrella of ASCA, 
especially if you're a high school coach and you're limited in your time, you got to make sure you're hitting those uh, daily. Uh, not necessarily the same drills every day, but just uh, those ASCA drills, you, you can't get away from those because that's the foundation and you got to make sure that you're hitting those every day. Anyway, so we've done our get-off. After our get-offs, we'll talk about alignments. And again, this is something, you know, once we get, once we talk about alignments, we'll talk about that early in the, in the, in the camp, you know, then we really don't need to spend a whole lot of time on it because then the guys get it, you know. Um, but again, I think you need to be specific in how you talk about your alignments. Uh, if we're going to be in a five, we're going to have our inside eye on that lineman's, that offensive lineman's outside eye, or our down hand is, down hand is going to be splitting that offensive lineman in half. Okay, uh, if we're in a four, our screws going to be helmet screws going to be lined up with his helmet screws. Uh, if we're in a two eye, so a two eye shade, now uh, with our noses, now my outside eye is going to be on that guard's inside eye. So I think those type of keys uh, are going to help you really be specific and help that kid really have a. Uh, you really got to have some uniformity uh, within your within your players. They know exactly where they're supposed to line up. If you just say line up on his inside shoulder, well, for some kids. That's going to mean different things for different people. So I think is the more specific you can be, the better off uh, that you'll have some uh, you know uniformity in your alignments. Next thing we'll talk about is our keys, and this is a big one. And I think that there's probably some uh, different schools of thought when it comes to this. I posted something about this on Twitter a few months back, but you know we're always going to key the near knee, okay. And I'm big on making things rhyme or trying to come up with catchy things for kids to remember. But one thing we always say is when we get in our stance, we're going to read the knee and attack the V. And what I mean by that is we're going to read, we're going to look at that near knee, the near knee of that offensive lineman. Okay, because that near knee is always going to tell you where the play is going. It is never going to lie to you. If it's a down block, you're going to see that knee go inside and go down, and that's going to tell you exactly what you need to do. If it's a pass set, you're going to see that knee go backwards. If it's a reach block or outside zone, stretch, whatever, you're going to see that knee. If I'm an outside shade, that knee's going to come at me. Okay. If it's a base block, that knee, that 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 near knee is going to hinge open. Okay. So I think it's, it's vital that you have something like that that those guys are keying on. I hear people talk about hips or shoulder pads. To me, if and again, this is just me, but I think if you get in a stance, if you're looking at their hips, that's that's too high up, and your kids are going to get their pad level up, okay? And, and, and of course, I can't condone that because the name of this podcast is Keep Your Pads Down. So what am I doing if I'm, if I'm you know, teaching kids to look at hips because that's getting their pads pads up, and, and we can't do that. So anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to key the knee, and then what I mean by attack the V is we're going to attack the V of his neck, the offensive lineman's neck, that near uh, the, the V that's in that's that's uh, that's closest to us, if that makes sense. Okay, so we're going to key that knee, all right, and we have some very 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 basic drills that we'll do again with seventh grade on up to to focus on that, where we just get in two point stances, and I'll stand behind the defense and I'll tell that offensive lineman to take a couple steps. And that defensive lineman is just looking at the knee, and he's going to take two steps to mirror that offensive lineman. And in this drill, we've already taken our first, our six-inch power steps, so our feet are even. And so our next step uh, is, is, is mirroring. We're going to take two steps to mirror what that offensive lineman does. Uh, and so that's, a uh, to me, again, I, I really am big on, on reading the knee. Uh, I think when things are getting chaotic and, and everything's going crazy and bullets start flying, you know, if you can give those guys something to hone in on, say, all right, you know, 
take all the noise out of it, all the formations, everything else that's going on, and just focus on reading the knee, attack the V. Then that's going to help to help the game slow down for those guys, especially when you you have kids who are uh, maybe younger and, and a little big-eyed and, and playing some 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 varsity football for the first time. I think that's something that can really be helpful for them and help the game slow down for them. Uh, because and I, we just graded our we, we had a, scr- a scrimmage last night. We just graded our film today and, and, and watched it with the kids and 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 without a doubt. Uh, Coach Gustorb, another shout out to you because this is what you talked about in your podcast episode. But without a doubt, the biggest thing that we had, uh, biggest issue that we had, uh, was pad level and and eye violations. Our eyes were in the backfield, so I think it's really really important you teach your guys to focus on something. For us, it's the knee um, uh, when they're in their stance. Now, as far as keys go, um, you know, we could, we could talk about that. I, I'm not going to get into that a whole lot just because uh, I want to move on to some other things, but you know, if we get a down block, you know, of course we're checking, we're checking heel line first for backside guard pulling talk about if I'm at defensive end. So, so we could talk about all those keys and everything, but really what I, what I, what I'm for right now, we're just going to stick with, we're going to, we're going to read that near knee of that offensive lineman. Uh, finally, so we're talking about progression. So we've gone over, okay, we've gone over stance. We've gone over our first step, our hands, our get off, our alignment, and our keys. Okay, and that's not something you just go over one day and go, all right, everybody got it, cool. All right, let's start doing some pass rush moves. Those are things you got to hammer daily. Okay, not necessarily all of them every day, but you got to pick some of those out. Uh, and, and make sure you're hammering those weekly, okay? Uh, that, that, I mean, you need to be going through your practice plan your week and devoting vote, devoting time each day to, to one of those, if not uh, a few of those skills each day. So one of the drills that we'll get to next pretty early on, again, this is from all ages, is what we call trash drill. And if you've people who know me uh, know that this is something I talk about all the time and maybe Maybe you get tired of me talking about it. Uh, I did write an article about this uh, that was in Texas Coach Magazine. I'll post a link to it. I think I still have it somewhere about this drill just because it's it. when I was at Tyvee, um, it was a drill that we kind of stumbled upon uh, one year and we were trying to f- figure some things out and how to get our guys off blocks better and, and how to get our guys to be more physical with their hands. And it was a drill I stumbled on online uh, and we started using it, and it, it was it, it was a huge game changer for us and for our kids. And uh, you can you can ask those kids, you know, if, if that if, if they like working that drill and how important that drill is to them and to their success. And I think to a man, they would all tell you that it is extremely important, and they and they love it, and they uh, it, it becomes just um, a way for your defensive lineman to dominate the game. And it's not a crazy drill. I mean, if you haven't heard it, and I'm going to go through it really quick, um, it's really not that big of a deal, but I'm telling you, if you'll focus on this, we do it every week, and, and, and I'm now at a new place, and, and we do this not only with our D-line, but we do it with everybody. Every defensive position, we do a block destruction circuit. Every defensive position learns this drill because it's applicable applicable for everybody. So how we set this drill up, and the, th- and the great thing is you can do it in-season, off-season, pads, no pads, it doesn't matter. So what we do is... Uh, is we have, um, I have, you know, everybody, you have, you have a group of guys, um, you know, you got your position group or whatever, everybody gets a partner and they get across from each other, uh, on a, on a, on a yard line. Okay. And I have, um, 
guys on one side are, are offensive guys and they're just standing there and then the guys on the other side are defensive guys. And I'm going to stand behind the defensive guys. Offensive guys are just standing there. And so anyway, I'm going to have the defensive guys shade one way or the other. So we shade left or we shade right. Let's say we're all going to shade left. Okay, so our inside eye is going to be that offensive lineman's outside eye. We're going to uh, have a great hip bend to where our helmet is underneath that offensive lineman's helmet. Uh, we're going to have our right toe splitting our left foot in half, so our right toe, uh, even with our left instep. And I'm going to give them five commands. Okay, I always talk about this, and, and not trying to offend anybody, but I guess I'm kind of hating on myself. But I always tell the kids, I'm like, look. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do. And I always ask them, I was like, do you ever go to a, a white person's wedding? And if you have, at every reception that you've ever been to, they're going to play the cha-cha slide. Why? Because the only way that white people can dance is if someone is, is telling them exactly what to do. Right? I know I'm right. I guess there's some of you guys out there that can dance, but it ain't me. If someone's not telling me exactly what to do, I can't dance. I can't dance anyway. But anyway, getting off topic here. So uh, I said, I always tell them, I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do. You just listen to me and 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 do exactly what I tell you to do. So uh, what we're going to do is we're, they're going to be given five commands. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we go back. Let's go back, back up real quick. We're shaded. Let's say we're shaded left here. So I got my right. Um, I'm sorry, my, my, yeah, my, my inside eye is, is, is even with that lineman's outside eye. I got my right toe back. It's even with my left instep. Good hip bend. And first command is, I'm going to say hands, okay? And by the way, those hands are going to be hanging down in front of them, okay? And when I say hands, they need to punch that offensive lineman and punch his chest and get a grab with their thumbs up, okay? And right off the bat, if it's soft or they're, they're patty caking around, we start over, okay? And because we're going to have a great punch, we want to knock that guy. We want to shock him with our punch, and we're striking him with the heel, our hand, heel of our hands, thumbs up, elbows down. We're going to strike him, um, and and we're, we're then we're going to hold it. So hands, boom, punch. Okay, and I'm looking for thumbs up, making sure they didn't draw their elbows, and they should have their their thumbs, their hands should be above their head or above their helmet. Okay, that's the first one. Hands. Next one. Next command is I'm going to say step. So hands and then step, and they're going to take a six-inch step. Okay, and so see, you can really, you can really break down every component uh, of a defensive lineman's get off their punch and look at their step because sometimes you'll see guys step out, or they step inside their base, or they're taking a eight-foot step, and they're way off balance. So you need to be checking, to make sure they take a six-inch step. So hands, step. Okay. The next, uh, and by, at this point, by the way, I said, I said when, when they punch with their hands, there should st still be some bend in their elbows. You don't want them locked out yet, okay? So we just got to, we're just focusing on the hands at that point. We're not focusing on extension. So when you say hands, they should still have bend in their elbows because that's important for the third command. So hands, step. The next command is going to be press. So we're going to press, and when we do that, we're going to shock that guy back. We're going to lock our arms out with our thumbs up, elbows down, and at that point, we're going to start buzzing our feet. Okay, so hands, step, press, and we got that guy locked out, and we're buzzing our feet. Again, our hands are above our helmet. And then the last, or I'm sorry, the fourth command is peak. Okay, and since we're shaded left, we're going to peak to the left. We're going to peak in our gap. And what I say is, we don't ever want to peak over the fence. We're not peeking over the shoulder pad of that offensive lineman. We're peeking just to the, to the left of his shoulder cuff. Okay, 
left of his shoulder cup. Or if his, if his arm happens to be out and you can look underneath his armpit, you can do that too. But we're peeking just to have our just with our eyes, not our whole body, just with our eyes to the left uh, of that, that offensive lineman's uh, arm, shoulder cuff. Okay, so we're peeking. What we're doing is we're looking for the running back, okay, Who's, who we don't have at this point. We're just pretending he's there, but we're looking for the back, okay? And then finally, the last command is I say trash. And what they're going to do is since we're shaded left, they're going to leave their left hand where it is for the moment, and they're going to pull with that left hand. So it's they're going to pull uh, pull to their uh, to their right. Okay, so I'm going to have my left hand. I'm going to keep it on that guy's chest plate, and I'm going to pull it to the right. At the same time, I'm going to rip, take my right hand, and I'm letting go of that, of the, of that offensive lineman's chest plate, and I'm ripping across, and I'm going to rip, uh, bring my rip to the sky, punch the clouds, rip to the sky, and rip across, and I'm throwing that offensive lineman away from me. Okay, so I'm pull and rip, and then what I always say is when you finish, is step on that offensive lineman's cape. Okay, step on his cape because we want to finish inside uh, of him. We want to. We don't want to. We don't want to go way outside uh, and w- with our finish because most of the time there's another offensive lineman there. Uh, so we want to make sure we're finishing in our gap. So that's why we say finish on his cape. And so that's the drill. Okay. And so what it's teaching those guys is, is to come off and get a punch, take a great step, and then escape off a block. And I tell them when you're doing it right, that offensive lineman most of the time will be will, will be on the ground. Okay, uh, and I'll post a video of our guys doing it. This isn't just a, this isn't just clinic talk. I mean, I, I have um, two different seasons uh, when I was at, at Tyvee. I made a, a, a went back and during the off season, I made a cut up of us using this drill in game. And I think that's really really important that you when you have a drill that your kids see it show up in a game. Because if not, good luck getting them to buy into it. But when they see themselves using that drill in the game, they see it coming up. And they see them being successful because of that drill. Then, then I mean, you got them, and they'll do it every day. And we did, and we do it a lot here uh, at Pleasant Grove, even just in the short time that I've been here. That's definitely a staple of our practices during the week. So let's go over those commands again. So I'm standing behind the defensive lineman, giving him five commands. He's got a good hip bend if he's shaded to the left. He's got his inside eye on that offensive lineman's outside eye. His right toe splitting his left foot in half. He's got a good hip bend. And I'm say hands. Looking for him to get a great punch and get a grab with his thumbs up. Still got bend in his elbow. Then I'll say step. And he takes a good six-inch step. Press. At this point, he's got to lock that offensive lineman out and start buzzing his feet. Okay? Then I'll say peak. And he's going to slightly shift his eyes outside of that offensive lineman's left arm, left shoulder cuff, and he's peaking. Okay? Finally, I say trash. He's going to take his left hand and pull and rip across and punch the sky, bring his rip to the sky, uh, and and finish standing on that office lineman's cape. If you're wearing a cape, we want to step on it. Okay. Now, it's really, really important that when they do the trash that they don't pull that lineman back into them. Okay. We just got him locked out. We don't want to get him back. We don't want to let get off his lineman a break and pull him back into us when we throw him out, when we throw out the trash. We want to throw him away from us, throw him away from our gap. And so then once you do that drill, there's several ways that you can make it more difficult. Uh, you can add a running back back there. Uh, you can, one thing that we'll do also is we'll have um, we'll have, an, have a running back and he'll come to the gap and then he may cut back at the last moment. Now, so let's say again, let's go back to our setup. What we had, we were shaded to the left, we're peaking left, and I have a running back cut back to the right. 
okay? I tell them we don't ever, ever, ever get out of our gap and cross face until that off. I'm sorry, until that running back is hip to hip with that offensive lineman. When he's 100% committed to the line of scrimmage, then we can cross over and help out on the play, but not before then. Otherwise, we're jumping out of our gaps, and now you get a guy who's who's bouncing around in and out of his gaps, and that's that's going to create a lot of problems, and you don't want to create bad practice habits. And so we got to make sure that if you do that, that that guy doesn't cross face, doesn't get out of his gap until that runner back is hip to hip with that offensive lineman. So that's the trash drill. I'll post some videos and, and an article about it. Again, it's it's really not a flashy drill. It's not a uh, uh, you know, a sexy drill. It's going to get a lot of hits on YouTube, but it's a, it, I promise you it works and I can show you uh, uh, game clips of us using it to prove it. And so that's a big drill that we use. And really I just, what I just said there, that, I mean, that's, that's a big part of our uh, practice progression. I'm sorry, our coaching progression that we're going to start the year off with. And all those skills are things that we're going to hit throughout the year, throughout the season. We'll circle back and, and maybe add something to those drills to make them a little more advanced but that's that's basically how we're going to get started starting out the year. And you know, we start our, our game preparation week on Monday. And I promise you, we'll be doing. I know we'll be doing get offs. We'll do we'll do trash drill. Uh, we'll do um, we'll work on our punch. We'll do a drill working on punch. So so those aren't things that that we get away from as the season goes on. Um, so what we're going to do now is, is, is this is the last thing I really want to talk about today because uh, I want to make sure that this is something that you can listen to uh, and, and it doesn't take up a whole lot of your time because I know that, that, that especially this time of year, time is at a premium. So the last thing I want to talk about is something we just started doing here uh, and it really was inspired because um, a, a plug for a plug for the uh, Make Defense Great Again podcast by Coach Vass. If you haven't checked that out, coaches, you have to. That's, that is just an awesome, unbelievable podcast filled with great information. Uh, and so make sure you check that out. But uh, if you listen to his uh, Coach Vass's interview with Don Brown, defense coordinator at the University of Michigan, uh, Coach Brown talks about a um, talks about denting pullers. Um, and that they don't necessarily they don't spill anymore, and and, and um, Coach Vass references uh, Coach Brown talking about that at a clinic, Lone Star Clinic in College Station, a couple years ago. I actually was there. I think it was in 2018 uh, when the clinic was, and actually, I remember hearing that and, and taking notes on it and, and going back to to the coaches at Tybe, and we talked about it. It's one of those things we liked it and we talked about it, and we didn't really put it into play uh, or put it uh, actually roll with it last year. I think they're doing it now, uh, at least some variation of it. But it's a, it's, it's, it's really, really, uh, I, I think, a, uh, a better way of teaching uh, how to play counter and power scheme, uh, split zone, things like that. And so I'll just kind of explain, and you can, you can um, I know you can go to the uh, Make Defense Great Again uh, Twitter page and find a video of, of Greg Madison who was at Michigan, he's now at Ohio State, talking about it. Uh, and again, I can, I'll can i retweet that. I'll put that stuff up uh, in the show notes of this episode so you can check all that out uh, if, you're, if you want more information on it. But basically, uh, what you're doing, so let's say we have a defensive end and he gets a down block. Uh, we're going to collision the tackle and we're going to keep our shoulder. Instead of turning our shoulders and sprinting or running the heel line, which is what, what, we have all, what, what I've always taught, is we're going to run the heel line and we're going to spill. We're going to wrong shoulder the pullers with our upfield shoulder right there on this thigh pad. 
and, and basically take out puller and try to take out if they're pulling the guard and tackle or if it's a if it's a you know a fullback and a guard on a power scheme we're gonna try to take out two of them and try to get a two for one most of the time that doesn't work right most of the time you're gonna get one especially now I know offensive linemen when they're pulling uh, especially on counter scheme those guys are gonna be on two different levels so that that doesn't happen but basically you're sacrificing yourself sacrificing yourself as that defensive end and giving yourself up which you know is is fine um, but you can also do it a way where you don't sacrifice yourself. In fact, that defensive end, you can buy him back, and he can actually help you make the play, and that's by denting pullers instead of spilling them. And so what you do is when you get a down block, you are, as the defensive end, you're going to collision that tackle, okay? And, and then we're going to keep our shoulders square, and we're going to do what, what, I, what I call surf technique. So now that down, that I get a down block, my eyes go down the line of scrimmage, go down the heel line, I'm looking for pullers. Okay, and I see a guard coming to kick me out. I'm going to close down space between me and that tackle who just down blocked. Okay, and I'm going to shuffle my feet. I'm not crossing over. My uh, shoulder pads are parallel to the line of scrimmage, to the heel line. So I'm going to shuffle, shuffle down, um, keeping, uh, again, keeping my shoulders square. And then I'm going to treat that puller like a base block. Okay, and I'm going to tack his inside shoulder. I'm going to punch his inside shoulder and get and turn his shoulder pads now vertical okay so I'm gonna take his I'm gonna punch and take his inside shoulder and drive it vertical so let's say I'm on the left side of the defense okay uh, the down the, the tackle down blocks I'm now shuffling to my right okay guard is coming at me I'm gonna punch his inside shoulder so it would be his his left shoulder I'm gonna punch it and push pull and drive him vertical that way he knocks off the other puller okay and now I'm creating a train wreck right there and ideally uh, this is me saying this now this is this is according to me this isn't according to I don't I didn't I don't think I heard them say this but I want the I want that spill happening behind uh, the play side center or I'm sorry, the play side center the center to the play side guard okay uh, as much as we can. So anyway, we're, they're, they're gonna, you're going to make that collision happen right there. And then if it's a counter read or something like that, or the running back bounces or, or he, he, he cuts back, now that off your, your defensive lineman can bounce out, he can pop out and add himself to the play. So if it's, a, you know, if it's say, a counter read and the quarterback sees that your defensive end collisions it, he dents the pullers, the quarterback pulls it, now your defensive end can pop back out and chase that quarterback's inside hip and help make the play, and he keeps himself clean and, and, and can still make the play. And, and, and really, it's better on those defensive end shoulders. Uh, obviously, with, with concussions being a huge deal, it's better for that as well. So I, I like it. We've been doing it. Now, it's not a... You got to rep it, and we rep it a lot, uh, and we've been repping a lot, and still, we're not we're not there yet with it. Uh, it's a work in progress for sure, but we do like it because it's definitely helped our guys um, feel like they can still. You're kind of getting the best of both worlds. You're getting you know you're collisioning those guys, those pullers, to where they can't kick out and wrap on the linebacker, but also that defensive end is buying himself. But you're buying him back to where he can go and help himself help help you make the play. So that's something that we got going on. Uh, if you want to uh, hit me up and ask me more questions about that, uh, I can talk to you a little bit about what basically our experiences with it and how we're coaching it and some more details of you know some drill work that we use to, to get that coached up. 
but but would be happy to talk to you about that. But that's our um, that's our coaching progression, and that's what we go through. And coaches, any any of that stuff, and I know I know that none of that is is groundbreaking stuff. You know, most of you guys are are doing something very similar to that. And, and maybe even have a better idea. And, and shoot, you got something that, that you got going on that sounds like something I'm doing and maybe something that I could improve on. I by no means am saying I got it all figured out. Again, hit me up on Twitter. Um, message me. Uh, email me. My, our email is, is, is kypdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell me what you're doing, what you got going on, your progression. Uh, ask me questions because this is for you. But hopefully you can take something from that right there and, and apply it to what you got going on already, or it gives you a better idea of some things to do. Uh, if you get kind of in a funk of, of you know, what should I do? What, what, what should I be focusing on? Or we got this going on with our guys are taking bad steps or their pad level's too high. Uh, you know, that maybe these things can help you out. But thanks for tuning in to our first uh, episode of Inside Drill, and, and, and look, for, look for more of these coming throughout the season. Thanks once again for tuning in to our first installment of Inside Drill. Hope you're able to pick up some things that can help you out this season. And as I mentioned earlier, make sure you check out the show notes for the, of this episode for links to my article on our trash drill, a video of some of my guys at Tyve using the trash drill in games, and a short clip of Gr- Coach Greg Madison talking about dent technique. Our quote of the day comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 7 through 8. And it says, If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That will do it for us today, coaches. Before we get out of here, i got to give a shout-out to a couple of coaches. First of all, my partner over at Tybee for six years, the guy who helped me really develop and apply all the things that I talked about today, defensive line coach Chris Russ, my brother, most competitive dude I've ever met. Big shout-out to him for all of his help over the years and and uh, definitely could not have done it without him and really, really miss coaching with him. Uh, also, I want to give a shout-out to our defensive line coach, our other defensive line coach here at Pleasant Grove, Coach Steve Morris, who has been awesome to work with since I've been here and done a lot to help me out uh, in my short time here. And, and is really sort of a local legend in these parts in, uh, of Northeast Texas. So big thank you to Coach Morris as well. With that, I'll get on out of here. i got some run cars to draw and a practice plan to look over. But be sure to tune in next week. And, of course, as always, until then, keep your pads down.